You are listening to the Business Society Podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com columnist. The Business Society community is where business owners come together to learn about real business, common problems, and real solutions. Are you a successful business owner who is now ready to learn how to increase your profit margins so that you can keep more money in your pocket and build your personal net worth? You are in the right place. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I share with you real advice that will help you increase the profit in your business and build your net worth. I know you're a genius at what you do, regardless of what profession you're in, and I'm here to help you make sense of the money and other pressing business issues. Have a business problem? We'll find real business solutions. Megan Huber is a business and life growth strategist, empowering high-performing six-figure service-based business owners to transition from hustling entrepreneur to seven-figure leader and CEO. She brings along a combined 17 years of experience in the fields of teaching, coaching, consulting, and entrepreneurship. Her approach is based on simplicity, mastery, fundamentals, timeless business principles, and living a soul-first life. Hey, Megan, welcome to the Business Society podcast. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. I cannot wait for us to dive into this conversation. Yeah, we're going to get right in. I want you to share with everyone what it is that you offer to entrepreneurs. Yeah, sweet. So I have been in the entrepreneurial space for the last 10 years and primarily work with women entrepreneurs who are already established in their businesses. I would consider them to be relatively veteran in their journey, and they are really at a place where they're focusing now on their leadership, their communication skills, team building, and really building a very strong infrastructure behind the scenes. So Not some, you know, they already have in-demand products and programs. Marketing and sales really isn't the issue anymore, but it's getting to this place where there's there's no longer chaos behind the scenes and they're no longer winging it and and really stepping up. Again, those leadership skills and focusing back on the fundamentals behind the scenes so that they can create really sustainable businesses. And I absolutely love to hear this because, you know, being a back office person myself, I know how important this stuff is and not enough people are talking about it, I find, right? And when you get your operational efficiencies, like, you know, just tight and really efficient, even though it may not be directly impacting your bottom line, it's still impacting your bottom line, if you know what I mean, right? It's just indirectly. So, you know, I talk about time is money and tighten up procedures and you're able to save that time. You are ultimately saving money and you're saving money in your business. Mm -hmm. So I'm super stoked to talk to you about that today. And let's start with leadership. So what type of leadership skills do you talk about with entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, this is a it's an interesting category to bring into the entrepreneurial space because most of you know, not, I don't want to use general words, but I've noticed that unless, unless women have come from a corporate background where they had a very specific leadership role where they were leading their own team inside of that company, when they have that background, 
they tend to get it a little bit more because they more than likely they were probably trained on leadership and mm-hmm. in that previous position. They know how to hire. They know how to fire. They know how to lead a team. They know how to communicate. Doesn't necessarily mean they were like exceptional at it, but they really get that world. And I have found that women who did not have that type of leadership role in a previous career, they tend to experience a little bit more uncomfortableness around leading other people. And what tends to come to the surface, especially in women, when it comes to really stepping into that leadership role is they have a lot of fears and a lot of insecurities that bubble to the surface. And some of the, you know, one of the things I hear often is that they think communication with someone else, whether it's a client or it's a team member, it's going to lead to confrontation and conflict. And they kind of have this fear of making other people uncomfortable or they think they're going to make other people uncomfortable if they hold them to a higher standard or, you know, not necessarily calling them out on making mistakes, but actually bringing that conversation to the surface and then training their people on, you know, how do we improve in this particular area? Where they tend to get triggered, again, is this is an uncomfortable situation and it equals in their mind and in their body confrontation and conflict, which is really just a heightened state of emotion. And it's simple. They quite simply just have not developed the communication skills around that. And, you know, I always talk about how, well, let's look at, let's look at teams, for example. You know, every single one of my clients has some degree of team, whether it's two people or it's three or five or seven. And the thing about people being on a team is they are looking to be led. They want to be led. They actually want to be challenged. They also want to feel that they have purpose. They want you to help them master their craft. And they also want to have autonomy. So if you understand those three things, your team members, the people you're leading, they want to have purpose on your team and and in your company. They want to feel autonomy and they want to have mastery. When you know that, it becomes easier to communicate that and cultivate and build that kind of culture in because then that drives how how you're leading your team meetings every week. It drives the way that you're communicating with people. It drives your processes and your systems that you're putting in place with your team. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you more direction versus these people are going to be mad at me if I call something to their attention that wasn't perfect. And that's just not true. Yeah. Let's dig into the autonomy part. I mean, we understand what autonomy is, but let's dig a little deeper because quite often I see leaders who mistake autonomy and want to control. So when you have a client who tends to lean more on the controlling side, how do you redirect their behavior? Yeah, honestly, a a series of questions. I think a lot of people believe that's the way they're supposed to lead, Mm -hmm. whether that was because that they were on some other team or had a boss at one time or even a parent, honestly, where that is what they observed and that's what they experienced. So they think that's the only way. And then I also see it coming from a place of not trusting. And again, I think a lot of women have a challenging time learning to trust other people and trust that someone else can actually do a job really, really well. And I also see a lot of guilt, believe it or not. One of the things that I have heard numerous clients say is if I have the the physical time, like I actually have the hours and 
I could go, I could be working in those hours because they're available. Why wouldn't my team be wondering like, why is she not working when she has the time available, but we're over here working? I hear that actually pretty often. So, you know, I think it's, there's some guilt around Mm -hmm. it. I think there is trust issues around it. And I think it's what the way we were led and what we observed from people who were in leadership positions, whether it was the home or it was a church or it was a previous career or job that we had. And so the first thing that I like to uncover is where did this come from in you? Because as soon as you can identify someone's insecurity, you know exactly how to lead them to step into a stronger leadership position in their own company and of their own team. And I'll give you an example. We, I just came off of a week-long retreat with our mastermind group. And one of our members has an agency. She has a full-service marketing done-for-you agency. And for the last probably four or five months, our conversation has largely been around her frustration with her team. And our frustration has been my team members are making, you know, XYZ mistakes all the time and they're not completing their, their part of the project on time. And she's got some really big brands as her clients. And instead of talking to her team members about this, she's jumping in and she's fixing their mistakes and she's picking up the slack which now means she's overworking and she's working until about seven o'clock at night. Her team has no idea. Her team has no idea they're making mistakes. They may or may not know that they're not hitting things on time, but she's not bringing it up to them. And they have no idea that she is doing all this work so that she feels really good about presenting a a final product to her client. And so this conversation had been going on for a few months and we're I was leading her in directions and she was fixing certain things. And a lot of it had to do with processes, with how her team is turning things in. But here's the thing. When I spent three days with her in person, this is this is really interesting. So stick with me here. We started talking about other things in the personal life. And I found out that many of my clients have fears communicating with other people in their lives, like a spouse or a friend. Like literally people who have nothing to do with their business, Mm -hmm. but it's the people who you should be trusting the most. Now, if you're married, most of us trust our spouse the most if we're married. I mean, my husband, Sean, I trust him more than anybody. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so this particular client, we brought this up and she was afraid to go to her husband to ask him a simple question about what he would like for them to do as a couple instead of her working until seven o'clock at night because it had become an issue. Mm. He'd been bringing it up, but she wasn't asking him, what would you like to do at this time? What do you see us doing together? Now, as a coach, when I heard this, I said, ah, that's actually where she's got the insecurity because she's not even asking her own spouse this question. So once I was able to identify specifically what her insecurity is, it made absolute sense why she was avoiding talking to her team because she can't even do it with her husband. So the, that first, like to answer your question, the first thing to figure out, it's not just to like, you know, put a bandaid on it and just tell somebody like, go take these three steps with your team or go share this with them in the team meeting or lead your team meeting in this way. You can do that. Those things are really important, but it's about first identifying what is that leader's insecurity and figuring out where it's happening in every area of their lives. Then you know it and you know that person so much more deeply. And then you understand what's stopping them because no strategy or process is going to fix that. Mm-hmm. Then the strategy and process, then they'll actually follow it. So it's figuring out their insecurity first. 
I find that mind blowing, right? Because you're digging into something very, very deep. And how do you coach somebody on an issue that runs so deeply that they can't even talk to their spouse mm-hmm. and be honest and feel feel like they're in a comfortable, safe space? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we did. So again, this was this was on retreat and her assignment was to go talk to her husband. Like she mm. had to actually take the action because you okay. can do all the therapy, all the mindset work, all the coaching, all the talking. What's actually going to get her to see she's safe? Yeah. Because as women, I mean, I have certainly felt this way. I said it to one of my mentors the other day about being a leader. And as women, we don't feel safe. We don't feel safe to truly be who we see ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. And we don't feel safe to actually say what we want to say in the way we want to say it. Mm -hmm. She had to physically, physically feel that she is safe, even with her husband. Now, she and her husband have a fabulous relationship. It's great. She always talks so highly about their relationship. But for whatever reason, and I don't get into like all the childhood trauma, But for some reason, she didn't feel safe with this person. So she had to actually experience that her husband was not going to berate her because she asked a question about what would you like to do from if I end work? I'm thinking about ending work every day at five o'clock. What would you love to do? So her assignment was actually to do that when she got home from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And this was on Tuesday, which was day one of our retreat. She showed up on Wednesday morning and she had that conversation with him that night. Good. Right. So she went, she asked him, she said, Hey, I'm thinking about like ending work every day at five o'clock. Like, what would you like to do together? And he was so giddy. He didn't have a specific answer. Like, I want to do this, this and this. But he was like, Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Like, let's figure it out. Like, how do we want to spend time together? Yeah. So people, you have to go take the action. And that's a small one, right? That's a small one. And even though there's this uncomfortableness, even with the husband, I figured out that is the person that she trusts the most. So -hmm. that was also like the best bet for her to go take that action because she, I mean, I don't know if she knew it or not, but I think deep down, she probably knew he was going to have a positive response. Mm -hmm. So we want people to go take an action where they're going to have a positive response with someone where there is a lot of trust, love and respect. And I knew that she would feel safe doing that with her husband just based on my experience with her. And now it will be easier for her to practice that on people who are not her husband. Yeah, that's really good advice. And it brings me to think about, okay, so, you know, we all have businesses and we're growing our businesses. Did you ever face when you were growing your business, either at the beginning or somewhere throughout your journey, did you ever face any leadership challenges of your own that you'd like to share with us? Oh my goodness. My insecurities, all of them really bubbled up to the surface all at one time when I started building my own team in my own business. Interesting. It's very interesting. And I mean, and I mean, all of them, all of my insecurities. And I remember my husband does some work with me in our business, and he has had lots of leadership positions over the years in different careers. And there came a time about a year and a half ago, maybe even just a year ago, probably a year and a half, where I felt so inadequate leading my own team, and all of, a lot of this was in my head, that I asked Sean to start leading our team meetings because I yeah. felt so nervous. I felt so uncomfortable. I was in decision fatigue because I was not making decisions because I was so worried what my team was going to think about it, what my team was going to think about me. And that was also somewhat reflective of the way I was not showing up in my own business. Mm -hmm. whether that was positioning myself or messaging, 
And the other thing that was simultaneously happening was I found myself and I just actually just had a conversation with someone right before we hopped on this call. And I've had numerous conversations with people recently. Those of us who've been in business, you know, for any length of time, I was so frustrated with one of the programs I'd been running for a few years. And I was really frustrated with the, how do I say it? Just the level of business acumen they had coming into the program. My expertise is very much on back of the house. You know, we've talked Mm -hmm. about that. The team, the optimization, keyword optimization. We don't really have anything in place. There's nothing to optimize. Mm -hmm. And you're just talking about front of the house, which is branding, positioning, marketing, and selling just to get like money in the door. And that's a lot of what I had in that program. And it was like this part of me was just hanging on to it like I had to make it work. I had to make it work. But again, all of my insecurities were coming to the surface. And for a pretty long time, I felt, again, just so insecure in my ability, very indecisive, definitely plateaued because of that. And you start telling yourself stories that are really lies that you turn into truth. And I, you know, I think been there, done that. Yeah. And you think like, I I mean, I want to say this too. Like you think that only happens in the beginning. That does not ever go away. No, it really doesn't. I mean, at every next level, when you are about to have like another breakthrough or like really be who you're supposed to be, really have the message and the positioning you're supposed to have, like really work with the caliber of clients, you know, your zone of genius exists in. That is scary. That is really Mm -hmm. scary. I don't know that it's scary for everybody, but It's certainly been really scary for me. You know, I think we go through this, like, who am I? Like, who am I to be, you know, guiding and mentoring and leading people at that level? And that that was really hard for me for about a year and a half recently. That's probably like, I would say I hit rock bottom. That wasn't like rock bottom. I didn't hit rock bottom. I hit that before years ago, but it it is it was really, really tough really tough. What What's going through my head when you're talking about this is, and I'm not sure it's beca- if it's because that you've overcome this or not, but to hear you say that you had an insecurity of any sort is shocking to me. As I see you and know you, you seem so, you know, put together and nothing would get you down. So it's so, I, I'm so grateful that you're sharing this story because, I mean, that's what everybody's going through, right? And we all tend to keep it to ourselves and we think that we're the only ones doing this, but we're all doing it and we're all human. Like I have interviewed regular people like me all the way up to celebrities. And this is often something that we talk about. Like you Mm -hmm. are an entrepreneur, even if you're a celebrity and you've got this great platform, you're still an entrepreneur. And what keeps that common thread of us together is that it's fearful it's unpredictable and there's challenges every step of the way. Yeah. It's interesting at our retreat last week, it, we had finished dinner. We were sitting around the table. I believe it was nine o'clock at night and I had planned to do this dinner activity, which happened at nine o'clock at night after we were done eating. And the activity was to go around the table. And this was for the clients, not for me. It's for the clients to do and to reflect to each other what each of them saw everybody else's strengths to be. And usually the strengths we see in other people are not the strengths they're actually capitalizing on in their positioning and in their business. And it was a really, really fascinating conversation. I have a client who has 30 years of business building experience and she has a, she is a branding mentor and coach. And she worked in like the ad agency space for the majority of her career in her businesses. One of the strengths I shared with her, and this is so true, I think for all, like all of us, 
like these, this underlying insecurity. And I said, here's what your, one of your biggest strengths is, is that you see the parts in other people that are the most likable. But the parts of us that are most likable are the things that we fear others are not going to like in us. Interesting. So what, yeah, it's really interesting. So what happens is like I'm sitting over here, you know, and Sean, my husband says this to me frequently. He's like, I'm the only one who actually really knows the real you. And I'm the only one who like actually gets to see it. Like the quirky, the goofy, just like all those other parts of you that we don't necessarily just like reveal out here to everybody else. Well, why did he marry me? Because of all of those parts, all of those parts that make me so likable. Those are all the parts that we hold back on because we fear that those are the things people aren't going to like about us, but they're the most likable parts of us, but we're not showing it because of that fear. And, you know, talk like kind of going back to your previous question about like something hard I went through. It really boiled down to that. I think many of us live an entire lifetime until we wake up to this, not actually showing who we really are and being who we really are because of that, because we fear those parts of us deep down, you know, they're the most likable parts of you. They're the most endearing parts of you. They're the most attractive. They're the most magnetizing. It's what builds friendships between two people. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. attracted not to each other because we are great at business. We're attracted to each other because of the cool parts of us. And we just like hit it off and get along because we're actually showing that to other people. Mm -hmm. We would enjoy life so much more. We would have insanely successful businesses. We would have stronger friendships if we would drop the guard and just share those parts of us. Because they're the things that anybody listening to this is actually like holding back. I know what I hold back on. You know what you hold back on. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could sit here and list it. Every woman listening to this right now knows exactly where she's not revealing who she really is. Go reveal it because your people will find those like the parts they love about you the most. I absolutely love that. And you've definitely inspired me because I've sort of like, you know, came to this realization within the last week. I know where I haven't been showing up and, you know, what I'm afraid to show about myself because I fear that, you know, it won't be received well. But you're absolutely right. You know, you've just actually gave me the confidence to really show who I am and, and what I have to offer the world. So I really appreciate that. And I yeah. hope listeners, if you're, if you're really paying attention, that you've gotten that same message from, from today's podcast. If there's one thing, I mean, that was an excellent takeaway. My final question is, if there's one thing that you really want people to take away from this conversation today, if, that, if there's that one thing, what would you want it to be? Oh, just one thing. I know, right? Tough I know question. We, we could talk forever. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm just coming off of a retreat. So I think part of it, maybe it's coming from that. And I led the retreat. We're not meant to do it alone. And I think so many of us exist in a silo for a really long period of time. Now, from the outside looking in, it wouldn't appear that me or you or anybody is living in a silo. You know, we're always online. We're in groups. We're in networking groups. You and I met because we're in a program together. So mm-hmm. it, would, it would appear we're always surrounded by people, but we're not. And you said this a few minutes ago about keeping, we, we're keeping things to ourselves mm-hmm. and nobody knows what we're going through. I recently wrote a post about my last year, which was ultimately, you know, everything I shared earlier. I was creating this whole experience of suffering in silence. Nobody knew that's what I was going through. Nobody. It's like people are messaging you saying you're a rock star. I see you everywhere. You're crushing it. I was like, if you only knew 
And then you think like everybody thinks that about you. So you have to keep putting up that front. You've got it together. You're confident. You're crushing it. Like whatever. Meanwhile, you are literally like confused. You are anxious. What you're thinking in your mind is literally almost driving you crazy. Like I am not kidding. And you're just not out. You're not telling people. And I'm not saying telling people in that you go air your dirty laundry with no boundaries on social media. That is not what I'm talking about. No. I'm talking about you are part of intimate circles of other business leaders, men or women or combination of both. Choose choose it. You're in a space that's safe where you can let your guard down and you can have those types of conversations because what you realize is that everybody else in the room feels the exact same way and they're just not saying it out loud because they don't feel like they can and they don't feel like they have anybody they can do that with who's going to respect them or like them. So I think that's what I'll, I'll end on is we need community desperately, desperately. We need connection desperately. And one mm-hmm. of my clients even said last week, she's like, and you would think, I mean, she's a sales expert. She had many years of corporate experience in sales. She's a sales coach now. She's fantastic. And she talks a lot. She tells a lot of stories. She's a massive storyteller. And she goes, I'm not connecting with anybody. And we're all like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I connect on Zoom five days a week, all day with my clients. That's not true connection. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about people that are not your clients, people who are in your peer group that you are Mm -hmm. truly building connections and lifelong friendships with. Also, people who can promote you, people who can support you, people you can collaborate with, people who will listen to you and have your back, honestly, and Mm -hmm. be loyal. Mm -hmm. We need that desperately. Absolutely. It's so important. This is like, I'm glad you're touching on this because this is something that I find extremely important in my world, in my life. And I really value the connections that I create because being a business owner, it's not easy. We all know that. I mean, it's not the first time I've said this on this podcast. We'll be the last. And having those support systems around me, especially on the days where I'm like, everything feels like those are so important to have your friends there to help you and say, you know what? It's just, it's just a day. It's just this. It's just that, yeah. you know, just, you know, knowing that you're riding the wave just like everybody else. And friends who get it, like, right? Like yeah. in the business world, we need friends who are also running businesses. Yeah. You know, yeah. because people who aren't, they don't get it. It's a way of life. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. You know, not that other people can't help, but that is, I think that's, that's really important to be with people who are, going through similar things as you in the business capacity. Yeah, it's completely different. I mean, I've noticed that as I became an entrepreneur, a lot of my friendships changed. Mm-hmm. So for for my friends who aren't business owners, I mean, I still love them dearly, but there was a struggle at first, right? What do I talk mm-hmm. about? What mm-hmm. I'm changing? What's going on? Like, how's this impacting the friendship? So there's definitely yeah. my entrepreneur friends and my non-entrepreneur yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just end on this too. You know, half of it is be with people who are going through similar things as you and people who will be there for you when the days and the seasons when you're struggling. Cause sometimes the struggle is a, is an entire season and it's a valley and you need your people when you are walking. Don't try to walk through the valley by yourself. It'll yeah. last so much longer. And the other piece is we want to be around other people because other people are showing us what is possible for our lives. Yes. That is equally as important. Yes. And that's why also kind of being in the entrepreneurial circle, like entrepreneurs are kind of like wired to think in possibility. 
the everyday person, I don't think does that as much. You know, it's sort of like go to the job, show up at the job, get the paycheck, you know, check out at 5, 5 p.m. And, and get by. And those people mm-hmm. are probably really happy in their positions and it's, and it's what they've chosen. It's the way that they're living their lives. There's just so much out there for us. The possibilities are limitless. They are endless. And we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And typically when we either position ourselves in a particular environment or with other people and we witness how they are rising and saying yes to the next phase of their lives, whatever that is, and making really big, bold decisions that are in, in alignment, that's when we see, wow, if she can do that, I can do what I want to do too. And I think that's equally as important with in terms of surrounding yourself with your people. Well said. I love that. So I know people are going to want to reach out to you, find you. Where do they find you on social media or on the internet? Yeah. So the best place to go is probably my website, which is meganjohnsonhuber.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you are a podcast listener. I have my own show. It's called Built to Last with Megan Huber. So you can, of course, go there, listen to me on my show. And then you can also find all my social media links in the show notes over there. Perfect. And we will leave all the links in these show notes. So if you're looking, you'll know where to find them. So thank you, Megan. This has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business Society podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with someone you think would love it. Until next time, I'm Melissa Houston. And never forget, nobody will ever care about your money as much as you do. So never give your financial power away. 